1: KX and 0, 106.3 FM. It's Miller and Condon. We take you until noon. Coming up towards the bottom of the hour, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. We'll get back to college football, but Thursday night football tonight, 7-0, 6-1. It's one of these games that uh, when we get to this point, you look at the records of both teams, figure this is going to be a classic. And it might very well be and could have been, but the injuries, the story of this one, Dave Syndican is the theheadcheese.com. He does Packer preview in year 26 on KFAN Sunday mornings when there is a Sunday game for those Packers. And Dave joins us. Dave, sadly, the story of this is who's not going to be available, both for the Packers and now apparently uh, for the Cardinals as well as DeAndre Hopkins is iffy, questionable with a hamstring. Sadly, that's the story because it's taking away from what could have been, you know, one of the games that, uh and obviously the ramifications with the tiebreakers, this one had a chance. Hopefully, it lives up to it or comes close to it. How are
2: you? I'm good. Yeah, you're right. I, I think I read uh, the two records: seven and 6 and one. That winning percentage. We haven't seen a matchup like that this deep into the season since like the '40s. Wow. So, yeah, on paper, you've got two you know teams that certainly figure to be playing deep into January. But you know, it's a long season, and you got to get through bumps and bruises and hiccups and all that stuff and both teams are dealing with that right now, and obviously more so Green Bay having to go on the road on a short week with a you know kind of a cluster set of injuries to their wide receiver group—not injuries, but um, you know not able to play. So yeah, it takes some of the luster off the game, and you know, you know, from a Packer perspective, you know, certainly want to win this game, and, and to win it shorthanded would be amazing. But they're kind of playing with house money at six and one in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the division is going to be a big problem for them. And, um, you know, to have a mini buy following this game, 10 days to probably come back with David Battiari, Marquez Valdez-Scatling, the two receivers that'll miss tonight's game, Preston Smith, maybe Jair Alexander, um, Kevin King. I mean, there's so many guys out that after this game, they're going to have, you know, a week and a half to get ready for Kansas City. And kind of feels like a, t- a chance to reset. But obviously, give Aaron Rodgers a challenge like tonight. He's never lost a game without Devontae Adams, 6-0. and Hmm. averaging nearly 33 points a game. So I think the offense will figure out a way to put points on the board. I, I wonder whether the defense can slow down that offense.
3: Yeah, not just the 6-0 and record, Rogers, 17 touchdowns, just one pick in those six games without Devontae Adams. But it's not just Adams. Alan Lazard, what can you tell us here? Because I have not heard of a positive COVID case. It's just he... For all intents and purposes, people believe he's unvaccinated and he has to quarantine for five days. Is that how you understand the Alan Lazard situation?
2: Yeah, he is unvaccinated, and as a close contact Mm -hmm. to Devontae Adams, who tested positive, he's ineligible to play uh, or to be around for five days and will not be paid tonight, whereas Devontae Adams will be paid tonight as a vaccinated player. So it's just one of those sort of storylines with COVID that we figured would play out. Um and it's really unfortunate. Obviously, Lazard had his first breakout performance as a receiver. We've talked to you guys throughout the year about what he means to this offense, not just the targets he gets, but uh, the blocker he is in the run game and in the passing game. He is uh, crucial to what Green Bay wants to do offensively, and they will miss his blocking even more so than his targets tonight. And They'll have to figure out a way to make up for that. But, yeah, 17 touchdowns, one pick. It feels like Rodgers doesn't feel like he has to force things to 17 and and kind of look around and and find who's available. There's going to be opportunities for some guys to make names for themselves tonight. Equinemia St. Brown, um, Mm -hmm. probably first and foremost, he's figured a bit more and more into the game plan the last couple weeks as a runner and a receiver. I think both running backs will be heavily focused, and uh, Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers have a chance on the slot to do the things that uh, you'll see Arizona do with Rondale Moore. So... Uh, I love this challenge for Rodgers, but I'd certainly much rather have those two receivers help.
1: <laughs> You're right. And, and when I look at this game, I think it's an Aaron Rodgers game and Randall Cobb, two names you just hit on. I, I think if the if the Packers are to win the game, uh, that that Aaron Jones is going to have a significant impact on it because I don't think that the Cardinals were going to be without J.J. Watt. I think you can run on Arizona, Dave. Is that how you see it?
2: Yeah, they've been susceptible to big runs. They, they kind of take chances, and they do get – a number of run plays in the backfield and no gain, but they are susceptible to splash plays in the run game, and Aaron Jones has done that throughout his career. I think back to the Chiefs game last year when Adams missed it, and Aaron Jones was was monstrous both as a running back and a receiver, uh, broke a big run, had a long catch. So, yes, he needs to be featured, and what I'm really interested in is the role A.J. Dillon plays because you might see Jones split out as a receiver quite a bit tonight, mm-hmm and Dylan in the backfield, but he put the ball on the ground twice last week and lost one of them. So uh, I'll be curious to see if they give him his usual workload or if they give Kylan Hill a chance to kind of let A.J. Dillon know that that's not acceptable because, you know, turnovers tonight will certainly turn this game. And and so I'm, I'm really curious to see what kind of usage Dylan gets.
3: With that also, the tight end Tunyon, what do you expect out of him? And yeah. with the limited targets out there, could be a big one. I'm maybe setting my daily fantasy lineup for tonight.
2: Yeah, this one's tricky uh, because Arizona's been the stingiest defense to opposing tight ends this year, hmm. giving up the fewest targets, the fewest yards and touchdowns. Now, they maybe not have faced a, a truckload of great tight ends yet, but uh, they've done a pretty good job. I think Isaiah Simmons defensively gets that task to to uh, take care of Tunyon. And, you know, Green Bay, with its makeshift offensive line, they're still going to have – Two starters out and three guys not in the spots they'd prefer to have them. They've called on Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, to be out there and chipping and blocking and and doing more help than than Tunyon used to doing uh, just because they're not as set yet on the offensive line. Again, three, four weeks from now, maybe when the Rams come to town uh, or the Packers come to Minnesota, they expect to have that offensive line back intact. But no Batiari, no um, uh, the center's out, Josh Myers as well. Jenkins has to play left tackle. It's still such an issue that the tight ends don't get a chance to do what they want to do. So I, I would caution you. It seems obvious, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see a mega night for touch. Uh,
1: Whitney Merciless uh, comes over from Houston. Apparently, he could have uh, had a better offer out there, money wise, but wanted to play with uh, with Rodgers and the Packers. Will he play tonight? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got you, Dave. Uh, we just lost Dave. The question was that good? Or yeah, he's at a loss for words. <laughs> you know what? Let's let's uh, see. If get him back here, Dave Sinek in dot com. That was a good pickup. Turned down more money. Uh, Merciless did. Apparently, uh, had had offers to go and play um, for for other playoff teams, but wanted to cast his lot with the Packers and um, and and. Aaron Rodgers and see how far that this team could go. This is a team that needs some defense. They've got a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, particularly in the secondary. But if uh, Merciless can get things going and help solidify that at all, uh, certainly uh, would be a, be a big benefit to them. So the number six and a half or seven, where are you going with this, TC? Are you taking the points? Or are you Laying the points. Are There's you, something about Rodgers I like, right? That that touchdowns, all of those. I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion on this game. I I am disappointed that it's not going to be. At least we don't think it's going to be what it could have been with mm. everybody. Let's get uh, Dave back in here. Dave, uh, merciless. Is he going to play tonight?
2: Oh uh, yes, he he played 30
1: snaps last
2: week, and um, although he didn't show up in the stat sheet, you know, he had some nice spin moves, and he was making his presence felt. Uh, we don't know if Preston Smith's going to play, so Rashawn Gary has become the, the pass rush yeah. leader for this team and, mm-hmm. and looked terrific last week. He's really a star in the making, and uh, he'll be fun to watch in a tough uh, assignment tonight. But yeah, Merciless is definitely going to be called upon, and I expect him to play even more than the 30 snaps we saw last week.
3: I like Green Bay tonight, and not just to cover the number. There just seems to be something here with Aaron Rodgers back against the wall. We talked about when it's been in kind of these kind of spots before, how he has come up big. I just have a feeling. What's your feeling, Dave? Are you, you got the, obviously, Packer perspective to it. Are you confident, though, that they can not just cover, but win this game outright?
2: You know, it's funny. <clears throat> I've been more pessimistic about this team week in yeah. and week out, calling for closer games. I thought Washington would really make that game tight, and maybe if Do he doesn't slide yeah. stupidly, it would have been different, mm-hmm. but um, I've been really? pretty conservative, but Trent, I'm, I'm kind of with you tonight. I, I sort of feel like either Green Bay gets blown out 38-10 to 10, mm-hmm. uh, or they win this game. And I know that sounds really stupid, but um, they tend to either fall flat in a big way or they compete against everyone. And they tend to play up or down to the level of competition. This is that spot. If you follow the NFL, mm-hmm. you know, nobody believes something can happen. Sometimes it happens. Like, how did the Jets beat Tennessee? You know, how did <laughs> Pittsburgh go into Buffalo week one? Every right. team seems to have a game where you... Scratch your head. Now, a loss by Arizona tonight wouldn't have you scratching your head against a six and one team, but uh, no one's giving Green Bay a chance with the COVID situation, the no defensive coordinator. um, On paper, Arizona does things that Green Bay has a hard time with. All that said, uh, yeah, I have a weird feeling Aaron Rodgers spins the magic. These teams have had crazy games, regular season, playoffs. You know, what concerns me most, you know, while, while Kyler Murray has really not been a running quarterback this year compared to the last two years. That is always a weapon. Mm -hmm. Taylor Heineke rushed for 95 yards last week against this defense, mostly right up the middle. And that's that's there for Kyler Murray. And if, if he's able to run free along with all those weapons he's got, Man, it might be a track meet. Reba's going to have to try to keep up with a bunch of weapons they're not real used to. Of
1: course, you're based in the uh, in the Twin Cities. You do a lot of work at KFAN, the flagship of the Vikings. What's kind of the buzz for Sunday night football? The Cowboys in town. I think the Cowboys have an absolute legitimate chance to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this year. Sunday night football, big spot. Uh, Vikings three and three. Uh, what's the buzz like for Sunday night football, Dave?
2: Yeah, it's, it's real. It's excited. Uh, fans have really turned. It's funny. You know, you win a couple games, you get to three and three, and suddenly there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Unfortunately, I'm here to remind them that <laughs> those, those two wins came against Detroit and Carolina, and they came and come from behind last yeah. second or overtime fashion. So I wouldn't get too excited about the last two wins. That said, Kirk Cousins playing at a high level. Yeah. Uh, both teams are coming off a bye. Uh, they're much better at home. They're very good as a home underdog. Uh, I think Minnesota has a real good chance to beat Dallas. What really you know, it comes down to is Dak's calf and how healthy is you know. Dak Prescott uh, with the calf injury and, and will he play? I, I think most assume he will play, but that is a concern that he's not 100%. Um, but I think this is a high-scoring game. I don't see Minnesota being able to slow down Dallas, and I see uh, Minnesota being able to move the ball with Dalvin Cook and with those two receivers. Uh, it should be a fun game, but there's a lot of excitement here that they've turned the corner. They've got a rugged schedule. They've got Dallas then they go to Baltimore then they go to other coast to LA and then Green Bay comes to town so we'll know a lot more about these Vikings in a month because if they can get through it even at two and two and be sitting at five and five they'll be feeling pretty good about where they sit in the NFC.
3: Well you've watched good football now for the last three decades with the Packers give a suggestion to my Bears what can they do who can they hire (laughs) something's got to happen here I was so excited about Fields and it sucks watching Nagy ruin him. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, what I would do is find the brightest offensive mind that's out there, and I think yeah. many people leave Day that. Uh, Brian old up in Buffalo, who's taken Josh Allen, who was a very questionable yeah. prospect out of Wyoming, and turned him into an MVP candidate. You give him Justin Fields, with the talent Fields has, I think that's the only way Chicago salvages this, is find the right, bright quarterback mind to mold Justin Fields, because that's uh, what's going to be the Chicago, you know, Blueprint of their future for the next 10 years is how this kid develops.
1: I was just looking ahead to the schedule. I I knew it was a late bye week. I did not realize it's in December for the Packers. That's Hmm. perfect.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's week 13, uh, which obviously is brutal. That's why it's kind of nice to have this mini bye after Mm -hmm. tonight. You get the 10 days, which gives you sort of a second bye. And everybody gets that Thursday night game. But uh, for Green Bay, it falls, you know, five or six weeks before the bye, So they'll really need that. But yeah, I mean, every team's going to get a week 13 or week 14 at some point in the season, I guess it's green Bay's turn. Uh, but it's, it's a tough road for sure. It's a, it's a long ways off and as banged up as they've been, uh, they could certainly use it, but you know, you play the cards you're dealt yep. and uh, you know, if the Packers can get to the bye fairly healthy and unscathed, their schedule really lightens up in December and January. Those last five games are very winnable. So um, it's all about staying healthy. And for me, trying to just avoid the number 4 seed in the NFC. Don't be the worst division winner, because then you're going to get the Rams or the Cardinals, whoever doesn't win the West, in that first Yikes. weekend. And, and after that, the 6 and 7 teams right now appear to be quite a drop-off. So mm-hmm. I'm all about just forget about number 1, just don't be number 4.
1: That's an excellent point. Dave Sinek in the headcheese.com. Dave, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. My pleasure. See you, boys. Yep, Take, good to talk to you, Dave Sinekin, TheHeadCheese dot I, I mean, I'm not going to play the game, but as far as opinion wise, I kind of like the Cardinals. You do? Just Kyler Murray, such a threat. Uh, Sinekin's right. I mean, look what look what uh, um, Washington did. Heineke did to him last year. Our last week, killed him on the ground. Yeah, it is the red
3: zone. They just what Washington was doing in the red zone, time and time. I was just brutal because that. I was, of course, on Washington because it was a loser. So, of course, I was on that side. <laughs> right. He had a bad and, week. <laughs> and watching a lot of that game, that was a game I watched probably more than any early. And they just get down there and the stupid mistakes. And everybody points to you know, giving himself up, which is a terrible call.
1: Yeah.
3: I just don't like the way that that yeah. rule in place. But agree. That aside, then he sneaks it, got stopped, reaches the ball over. No, no, but he was stopped on mm-hmm. top of a play. It's just one thing after another here. It's just Aaron Rodgers. That's what I come back to here, and that, that's the simplest of handicaps.
1: I trust Aaron Rodgers. I'm with you. I'm with you. He's my favorite quarterback in the league. But I uh, just this Kyler Murray, uh, the threat of him running the footballs. Oh, it should be fun. I hope it's a good game. Uh, we because we didn't have any good games last week in right, the NFL. Right. We're due for one of them. Uh, we will talk to Bill Bender coming up. We've got another thousand uh, dollar. A handoff to get to right now, however. You see what's trending on Twitter? No, I don't want look at the trending thing. <laughs> um, I, I, I shouldn't have because it's one of the biggest, not mistakes, the, the most disappointed I've been in myself in a long, long time was last year in the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I actually sat and watched Tiger King. Oh, that was great. It was awful. I enjoyed it so did much. Did you? It we talked terrible. about it because we were I looking for we anything did, to talk right? about. If... I don't. Uh, if if I I'm not going to do it. I will not. It was, was there a awful. new season coming yes. up? Yes, <laughs> that's why it's trending. Tiger King. That's what the pandemic does. You know, it forced us to watch that garbage. It was terrible. I got a kick out of it. Did you? Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, time for another thousand dollar handoff. Text the keyword. Money to 200, 200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. Money to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. College football conversation with Bill Bender, who covers college football for the sporting news. He's next. Miller and Condon till noon on 1460 KX and 0106 Family Dental.
3: If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC, zoom right past LegalZoom. and work with Rush Nigget, a Brick Gentry PC. He's set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company LLC or a corporation. With Rush Nigget's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Nigget, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on your side. For
1: podcasting.
3: Trent Condon here for the Urology Center of Iowa. Now's your chance to sit on the couch guilt-free all weekend long watching football while you heal after your vasectomy from the Urology Center of Iowa. The doctors there perform my procedure in less than a half hour. Make the call to 515-400-3550. That's 400 400- 3550 and online at iowauro.com A guilt-free football watching weekend after your vasectomy American Lung Association Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book
2: Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circasports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem Call. Be discriminated against.
3: Do you remember the time that Michael Jordan won the first of his 3P championships? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf in Urbandale.
0: Now, back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, right, Miller and
1: Condon. Welcome back. 1130 on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. well, it wouldn't be a Michigan-Michigan state week where Bill Bender doesn't post a picture of his twin, the Michigan fan, with the surrender cobra <laughs> and that remarkable finish. Oh, boy, it's been some time now. Uh, ways back, Bill Bender joins the program. Bill, glad you posted your twin. Uh, you really do look alike, don't you?
0: Yeah, I get that every time. Every Well, I always tell people, I got a bunch of texts that night. I said, we saw you at the game. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, that wasn't me. I'm better looking than that guy. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, quite a memorable night, obviously, and with good reason. We all remember what happened that night. It mm. makes it very interesting going into – this weekend even bigger games
1: you know, it does and we're thankful for those games although last week bill on the surface we talked about a boy is a stinker this slate, the the early the early window was was i thought very entertaining so let's go to the nine overtime game uh with how it played out as long as it played out uh bill will we see the, any tweaks coming at the end of the season as to how that Overtime is now, you know, going forward in college football will remain the same. Maybe take out the switching ends time after time after time which added a lot of time to the game and prevented that uh fans of the next window television window from getting to their game at a reasonable spot like kickoff. Any changes because of what we saw as long as it was? I wouldn't. I mean, I liked it. It was cool. It was some I mean it was different
0: obviously, but um I don't know. I, I would keep it the same way. Just my personal opinion, I thought it was pretty cool. It was built with suspense and never seen anything quite like it. Some of it was too, you know, a little bit of a futility factor, but I, I liked it. I, it. It added a lot of drama to that game and showed that you really got to work on them
3: two-point conversion plays. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> you, you do. It does take out at least an element of the game with any kicking at all. You mentioned the two-point conversion. You know, I've heard uh, Trent Dilfer the other day say, Going into any normal game, you usually have three or four two point conversion plays that you work on. On a game like that, you need a whole lot more than that. So there's a lot of elements here. What about going to the high school rule as opposed to starting on the 25, starting at the 10 yard line when you get to, say, overtime number three? And then from there on out, you also have to go for two if you do score a touchdown.
0: Yeah. I mean, I liked high school. I've always liked high school overtime anyway. I mean, so, but again, I mean, some of these games, if you get into a, I, I go back. I mean, what what was more entertaining to you guys, uh, Penn State Illinois last week, or remember a couple of years ago when I think Penn State Michigan played like five overtimes, and Penn State won the game, but it took longer. I you know there was more of a missed field goal thing. I think it takes the hand ball out of the kicker's mm-hmm. hands, which everybody can agree with that. But anyway, and it did, and like we said before it came on, Trent definitely took some shine off the game. Yeah. And now, now you got. Everybody, there's an 18.5 point spread on a high state Penn
1: State. Yeah, we'll get to that one in, in a sec, but let's start to where we were with your twin and the of the Michigan fan as Michigan State came back that remarkable finish. Bill, uh, I'm anxious to get your your thoughts on this football game, and I know the Harbaugh record against top 10 teams has been putrid, which I think is factoring into all the love for Michigan State. I mean, they're a good football team. Don't get me wrong. Uh, how do you see this game? Will it live up to this six versus eight? Um, hype that surrounds us. It's, it's, it's a big game in the state of Michigan. It's, haven't had two unbeaten teams this deep in the season in decades. Uh, how do you see it, Bill? I mean, it'll be a classic
0: Michigan, Michigan State Big Ten hang ba- headbanger. I mean, both teams run the ball extremely well. They've got, uh, I believe, both teams have uh, over 200 yards rushing. They have quarterbacks that they're going to have to trust a little more to make the big throw, especially with both defenses stacking against the run. They're about, I think Michigan's got a little more talent, but Michigan State's at home. And I like the Wolverines in the game. I, I know the record, 2-12 and 12 against top 10 teams. Um, he is 3-3 three and three against Michigan State, though. And up until last year, they had kind of retaken control of that rivalry.
3: It's an interesting rivalry, certainly. And you wonder, what was the deal with Franklin this week? Saying, talking about the big house, well, they're obviously not going to the big house. Uh, mentioned Illinois a couple of times mm-hmm. in there. It just, it was odd. Is it is mind games going on here? What do you, what do you take away from that Franklin press conference? And well, he had a weird one a couple of weeks ago, calling out Iowa fans again. What's he doing over there?
0: I think it's the beginning of the end because I, I mean it, it works out. both ways. If he is a, a candidate for other jobs, fine, that's fine. But if he keeps doing this, I mean. Uh, you can't act like Penn State can't get a good coach. Right. Penn State's one of the, right. you know, they'll they'll find somebody that wants that job and wants to be and there. Wants and to, wants to there, chase yeah. Ohio State. Yeah. So I, I think a bizarre couple weeks for for Franklin. It's going to get worse on Saturday because they're going to mm-hmm. get run out of the off the field. I, I know Trent. You think for some reason they're going to hang around? And Penn State does have a good defense. Mm-hmm. That's I just think they're trying to keep up. With that offensive machine that Ohio State has, and that's going to be tough on the road at night.
1: Yeah, when Penn State gives up three fifty-seven on the ground to Illinois, and here comes Henderson and company. Uh, so I'm anxious to pick your brain on Ohio State because I'm like you, Bill. I think the Buckeyes are going to are just going to overwhelm uh, the Nittany Lions this week. But are we? I don't want to say putting too much stock into this defense of Ohio State the last few weeks, because when you look at Tulsa, Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, and Indiana, those are the five wins after uh, the loss to to Oregon. It's not uh, exactly a who's who of college football. Is that maybe a little bit of fool's gold as to how this defense seemingly has turned the corner at Ohio State?
0: Um. Maybe I mean this is the first good team they've played in a while, and that's that's the good thing is we finally get to see them play a legitimate, really good football team. I mean, not I don't know about really good, but I mean a good enough football team that okay, this isn't Akron or Maryland or you know somebody that they're just going to rule through in 20 minutes. So you know, and to Trent's point, and it can't be ignored. Penn State's lost the last four games by six and a half, averages six and a half points. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, they've been the team that's kind of competed with the Buckeyes on the field. I just think they're going to need an above and beyond effort out of Sean Clifford to even hang in.
3: Mm-hmm. He's got to look a lot better than he did Saturday, no doubt about it. Let's go to the fist fight in Madison. Iowa-Wisconsin, the total's 36-and-a-half. It should be 16-and-a-half. This thing's got 10-9 written all over it. What do you see with Bucky hosting the Hawkeyes?
0: Uh, I think it's going to be, you just said it, You know, low scoring, good defenses which one of those two quarterbacks, Petrus or Mertz, is able to throw the ball down the field a little bit because Wisconsin excels at stopping the running game. Mm-hmm. Iowa excels at getting interceptions and turnovers and creating havoc in that regard. I mean, it's on the road. Man, if Wisconsin wins this game, are they going to win the Big Ten West? I guess yep. that's a big question. Yes. To have. I think the winner of this game is going to Indianapolis, and that adds to the mm-hmm. intrigue. And It's almost getting understood a little bit with those other two games going on.
1: Yeah, Minnesota the only other team, for whatever reason, I I think they're playing well, but I do agree with you that the the winner of this game is clearly in in the driver's seat. You know, Trent asked me a question this morning, Bill. I want to kind of uh, bring it back up again, and it has to do uh, with the cocktail party. If Florida beats Georgia, Georgia gets picked off this week, and all the other teams that are chasing, of course, Alabama's off, Cincinnati wins, and Ohio State wins, and Oklahoma, and Michigan wins the battle of the state – who's number one uh on Sunday afternoon when the uh, when the uh when the rankings come out does Cincinnati take over number one or do they leap get somebody leapfrogs them to take that spot
0: man it'd probably either be Cincinnati or Oklahoma because the AP pool can do what they want and you know here here's the unfortunate thing I love the AP pool and Ralph does a great job with it obviously Ralph Russo, and attention does drift toward the playoff rankings though they even switch them on the thing so and i always tell people that the playoff committee their rankings are a lot different than the writers mm-hmm. and i think it's got to be somewhere in between but you know yeah i think it'll be either cincinnati or oklahoma will probably be number one michigan could be in the top five um Depending on you know, they or they could take the easy way out and put Alabama number one with one loss and make everybody mad.
1: (laughs) Which would be good for you know yeah, good for for talk radio.
3: Absolutely. The conversation continues. I just when I pose that to Ken, I still struggle to see sixty-three writers across the country enough votes to make Cincinnati the number one team in the country. That's what I get to. And the other part is yeah, if Michigan Kills Michigan State. They win thirty to three. That changes the conversation. Oklahoma looks good again. People forget about Kansas. There, there's just there's something to it. Maybe it's because I'm not in Ohio like you, Bill. I just still can't envision Cincinnati being number one. Am I crazy? I mean, old Me- or uh, Mississippi State was a couple years ago. They're in the of SEC. That- yeah, that's true. They're not in you a know, bad America. Of- and the American Athletic Conference has been good. It's not a good conference this year
0: point and you're probably right they'll find a way to leapfrog them I and mean, that's i think and i wrote about this this week the the most interesting thing to me with the playoff rankings is going to be cincinnati's spot yeah. you know they opened at eight last year are they going to open around there so if they open them at three then the committee has to start answering questions okay well, why did oklahoma leapfrog them why did oregon leapfrog mm-hmm. them why did the high state leapfrog them and i think their spot in those first rankings is probably going to be the most interesting thing we talk about.
1: I could not agree with you more Bill Bender and I for that reason I think they're getting in because I think that you know when we see that list on Tuesday that they're going to be in the top 4 and here's what they have to root for. And Notre Dame's got North Carolina this week and I know North Carolina has not lived up to expectations but they got some dudes. If Notre Dame can continue to move up in those rankings and say cuz if once they get past North Carolina I think that Notre Dame wins out. If they get to 7 eight, maybe six, and Cincinnati runs the table. Cincinnati's getting in. I'm convinced of it, Bill.
0: I mean, they, they've got to be huge Notre Dame fans, and that starts this week. It's a big game. Yeah, they're they're. that's exactly, well, and, and SMU, too. I mean, Trent's right. The American Athletic Conference isn't good, but if they can get that undefeated showdown with SMU, mm-hmm. that's at least some light November. You know what I mean? Like, a little bit. It's not a lot, but, I mean, that's the game that Maybe game day's
1: at that game that week. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Uh, There's also
3: talk next week of maybe them going to El Paso, Texas. UTEP off to a really good start this year. Not the shiniest slate next week. And some murmurs about that. be cool to see a different locale and and do something different. I Mm -hmm. like when game day certainly does that. Bill, we talked a lot of Big Ten, obviously, here with you today. Want to jump in the Big 12 just for a moment, though, and want to go to Texas Tech. The decision to fire Matt Wells at 5-3, and three, mm-hmm. big games in front of them. Why didn't this work out? And, you know, the thing is, well, if you don't fire him now and he wins some games, that's what you want him to do. That's what you hired him to do. <laughs> his, his expectations out of whack down there in Lubbock. What's going on?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think some of it is, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, look at, look at what he's doing. I, I mean, that's... he didn't have a great record at Texas Tech either, and he's now going to beat up on my Packers tonight without the receivers. Hmm. But, uh, um, yeah, I think the expectations. I mean, when you go from Leach to Kingsbury to Wells, I mean, obviously, he he's up against it a little bit. But yeah, as a peculiar of the six firings so far, that one I would have not guessed in a million years. You know what I mean? So the way they, especially with the way they've been playing in the first half of the season.
1: Well, you know what? He didn't have Jordan Love. Mm hmm. As much as anything, right? Uh, that he probably—that's probably as big of reason. Uh, one of the main reasons he-, he got that job. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, great stuff. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Are you going to Columbus this weekend?
0: I'm not. I'm going to stay back. I was going to go up to East Lansing, but uh, nice. you know we'll get into November. Penn State's loss kind of changed the plan a little bit. I'm going to yeah. see the and now I watch Iowa Wisconsin too. So I'm not complaining.
1: There's something to be said for that. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Bill. And hey, no problem, guys. Take good, care. good to talk to you, Bill Bender. Sporting news as we take a look at college football with Bill. Yeah, the, the firing was surprising uh, the, when it came. They're five and three, right? They're one win away from
3: postseason. They are. They have now the most difficult part of their schedule at they? the back end. Yeah, but give them a chance to beat in Oklahoma. You know, beat some of the good teams. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. I, I know it wasn't a good fit, and that's been kind of the conversation throughout. Is it just it didn't work? He's a guy that didn't have the same kind of Texas ties. And you also wonder if there's just somebody out there that they that want. That they have to have yeah. and want to get the jump on them. I mean, Maybe. You look at
1: SMU. Yeah, that's probably where you first look. Right. And he but kinda... you're going to have to wait. Right. Hey, you know what we did yesterday? We ranked Iowa's remaining games easiest mm-hmm. to, to the most difficult. Let's do the same for Iowa State. Okay. Because Lee, Sterling got, Lee Sterling's picking West Virginia to win Outright. On Saturday. Win outright. Wrong team is favored. Because mm-hmm. when I look at it, I, I thought that this was their easiest... Well, maybe TCU at home. Well, give me your... Rank them. Obviously, number th- the most difficult is Oklahoma. Agree? Agree. Who's second? Texas? It's at home. It's at home, though, right? But it's... Yes. That's number two. Okay, then what? T- here's what's left. At West Virginia, at Texas Tech, home to TCU. I think this one this week. I do, too. Tricky spot coming off an emotional win against mm-hmm. Oklahoma State. Yeah, that's third on my list. And we said all well, before, leading up to the season that yeah, it's that sandwich, that proverbial mm-hmm. sandwich game, when they've got to go to Lubbock between Texas and Oklahoma, that'll be the tricky spot. Watch out for Iowa State if they're unbeaten. Uh, they the whole country's paying attention to them. They've got to go to Lubbock. I remember the conversations well.
3: And TCU is probably fifth on the list. I, I
1: agree with you. TCU's,
3: and I like this TCU team coming into the year. I, think I Patterson like them a lot. might be in trouble. They I mean he's got, done everything at that school. They right? got a statue out there. I know. This this was a team that was middling in conference USA. I, I get it. And now they are a real mm-hmm. Big Twelve program. If anybody deserves a little more slack, but it's Gary he's Patterson. had
1: four bad years in a row, this would be, right? Three or four. Yeah. No, I look at what he's done for the program is not lost on uh certainly their fan base or their alumni base. So TCU is five. The the easiest mm-hmm. then Texas Tech four yep. West Virginia three Texas Oklahoma that's the order I'd go in I I would too seven point spread seven I think Iowa State wins but it could be like a nail biter like the Cowboys last week they've killed West Virginia the last I know years, was the last game they lost the hard hat game oh later have... nah early in the tenure I think there was another did Ross they Campbell there. got yeah. beat early in yep. the tenure I remember uh, Paul Rhodes' last game when he brought the hard hat out. but I think. <laughs> It's still, still, I'm coming up with you.
3: One of the most baffling things I've ever seen on a sideline right. coming out on the hard hat and then saying, Oh, somebody just gave it to me. Uh-huh. Yeah, with an Iowa State sticker on it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. If somebody hands me a hard hat, I'm, I'm not putting, putting it on for my interview. <laughs> just absolutely baffling. I think I saw over the last three games, Iowa State's outscored West Virginia like 112 to 40. And just
1: yeah. throttling year after year after year. Mighty Brown's a dude. Yes, Dicky stinks. Trent depends what drive you watch him. You drive, we watch him one drive. Think, wow, there's a first round talent. Then he just makes mind numbing decisions. Huh? It's all there in front of him. They're creeping up. Joey Galloway, team to watch in the last quarter of the season, last third of the season. Watch out for those Cyclones. He said it on Tuesday night. Not going to get in the playoff, but this is a team that's going to win some games. It's all there in front of them. I'm going to win some games coming up. Are you?
3: Oh, yeah. Big night last night. Hit the parlay I handed out. Hit an NBA bet I didn't give out on the air. And, uh, <laughs> oh, you're saving the good ones? Is that it? Well, you know, the only thing I missed was the hockey, so I'm staying away, but I got winners this. Oh, you, yeah, you, you uh, bet against the Wild
1: last night. No, bet against the Panthers. Oh, the Panthers, right, 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 because of uh, Joel Quinville. That story's worse than it was yesterday. I know it's not getting any play here in the state of Iowa. It's sad that it's not. It's a damning, terrible story. The players knew. The players ridiculed him, and... It just gets worse by the day. Miller and Condon, 1460 KX and one 10 Global Direct Mail and Marketing is the
3: teammate your small business needs. Locally owned and located in Urbandale, Global Direct Mail and Marketing can help your small business create the high-quality print materials your business needs to succeed. Whether it's business cards, flyers, business forms, letterhead, calendars, or a mail piece to attract new customers, Global Direct Mail and Marketing is ready to go to work for you today. Save by working with a local small business that will go the extra mile to get you what you need. Global Direct Mail and Marketing. Call Craig at 515 282 3000 and get your next project. St- Trent Condon here to tell you about Rent Estate, the new revenue rocket ship. Putting your home up for rent, not for sale. But why would you do that in a seller's market? Just do the math. Selling a home will catch you some cash once, while renting a home keeps that cash coming month after month after month. And because there are always renters, but not always buyers, Rent Estate is foolproof, recession proof and retirement plan positive. What's not to love? The hassles of being a landlord for one monthly flat rate. Renters Warehouse will take away the tedious tasks. Tend to your tenants, answer the 3 a.m. calls, market your property, and collect the rent. Make the savvy, long game, paradigm shift and choose rent estate with Renters Warehouse. Get your free rental price analysis today. Go to renterswarehouse.com or call 515 528 4429 515-528-4429 because you can't buy happiness. Facts today. Family owned since 1970. Kemker's True Value and Rental helps you buy what you want and rent what you need. Get to work on that to-do list with help from Kemker's True Value and Rental. Kemker's has all your hardware needs. Plus their rental catalog is perfect for do-it-yourselfers. With two Central Iowa locations to better serve you in Grimes and Huxley. Make it Kemker's True Value and Rental. Find out what they can do for you at Kemker'sTrueValue.com. That's Kempker's. True. 1-800-BETS-OFF. Trent's Pick of the Day
0: is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him.
1: All right, final couple of minutes of the program. Circus Sports sponsors Trent's Play of the Day. You're going to go against me? Cardinals are winning this football game. They might. I'm convinced, and I think they're going to cover.
3: Not only giving me the points tonight, I'm uh, starting some round robins this week. Okay. Some underdog round robins, and the Packers are going to be a part of that. All right. Just going to put a bunch of them together. I like playing those round robins. They're fun. They can be very profitable, and you can lose a lot of money very quickly. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, one of the many options that you have at Circus Sports. So, yeah, Packers, though, my official play plus the six and a half. and Just a dabble there. With some of those money line parlays as the Packers will get it started for us. Nothing else in college football that I like. Lean, Coastal Carolina Troy. They can't stop the run. What does Coastal Carolina do? Yep. They run the football. Right. It's a huge number at seventeen. It's a lean there, not an official play. Got an official play in the NBA. Been hot. Mr. NBA continues. hmm Levine's banged up for the Bulls. He is.
1: Yeah, are they is tonight Joachim Noah night?
3: Yes. I saw a picture of him in Heinrich. Heinrich yeah, yeah, I saw that he's there. Hanging out together. Bulls, a slight favorite here. Going to grab the Knickerbockers. Yeah, I think you're on the right side. And uh, one other NBA play. The Spurs are awful. Mavs at home. They're laying seven. A lean towards the Mavs mm. as well. Staying away from that hockey. It's got me in trouble this week. Because <laughs> outside of that... I've handed out winners every single day. You've had a decent week. You start out on Monday with your Monday night uh, total. And we just continue on here. We keep building up that bankroll until the weekend comes, and then I get clobbered.
1: Well, I know you're going to get clobbered tomorrow because I love the slate. It's been a long time since I've loved the slate of games this weekend.
3: Well, you do have a a game-and-a-half lead as we...
1: We will finish up October. Pulling away. Hey, congratulations to a real friend of our program and a guy who's joined me on radio shows that I've been a part of for 20-something years. David Kaplan goes into the Chicago Sports Hall of Fame tonight. That's great. Absolutely. I forgot to congratulate Cap yesterday, so we'll do so now and probably next week when we speak with him. Uh, the Fanatics are at 3, but prior to that, 1 o'clock, of course, Murph and Andy, then the Fanatics, then Cyclone Fanatic Radio, then Hawkeye Nation Radio. Me
3: and AD will have some fun tonight, Hawkeye Nation Radio here That's on the airwaves. 7
1: o'clock, right? We got it. We're Miller and Condon, 10 to noon on 1460 and one hundred six.